Triskaidekaphobia, Periscavide catriophobia. However you say it, the fear of the number 13, and more specifically, Friday the 13th, has been a prevailing superstition for hundreds of years. People, even now, avoid anything to do with the number out of fear of something tragic happening. Business and traffic often die down dramatically. Floors in tall buildings either stop at 12 or skip 13 altogether, as if it doesn't exist. Recently, studies have been done to determine if there is any real evidence to the claims that the very number is cursed. While the results of those studies vary, the fact remains that the fear continues to haunt the subconscious of quite a few people. Notable among these phobic individuals are Stephen King and former President Franklin Roosevelt. At this point, all of this is nothing new. Most everyone these days either knows the 13 superstition well, or knows someone who does. The odd behavior of leaving out a 13th floor in a hotel, or refusing to name rooms in a hospital with a 13, is something of a normal phenomenon in today's world. There are many possible historical reasons as to why the superstition came into being. And, perhaps, the real reason is simply the mixture of all of those single reasons down through the ages as we accumulate more and more history from around the world. With October nearly here in 2020, arguably one of the unluckiest years in recent memory, and this the 13th episode of this podcast, I thought we'd take a trip into the past to ask the question, why is 13 so unlucky? So come along with me, and don't forget what Alice Hoffman once said, here's the thing about luck. You don't know if it's good or bad until you have some perspective. I'm Aiden Maine. Welcome to Haunting Historia. It is entirely possible that the number 13 gets such a bad rap for purely coincidental reasons. To be more accurate, the only reason that so many superstitions revolve around it could be solely due to the fact that it has the unfortunate chance to be the number to come after 12. For centuries, 12 has been considered by mathematicians and the public at large to be a wholly perfect number. Everywhere you look, whether in culture or science, the number 12 crops up. Ancient Sumerians developed a numerical system using 12 as its basis, which remains in use today. 12 is also regarded as a sublime number. That is, a number in math that has a perfect number of divisions, and the sum of its divisors is also a perfect number. Numerology considers 12 to be the number of completeness, as there are 12 months on most calendars. Two 12-hour cycles form the foundation of the day, another indication of completeness and renewal. The Chinese likewise agree that 12 is a highly spiritual number. 12 is the number of harmony within the idea of yin and yang. One, yang, under the sign of the sun, is a symbol for independence and the individual, while two is yin, and it represents symmetry and balance. 
under the sign of the moon. Put together the ideas of one and two, and you get twelve. Harmony. Hence its use in the Chinese zodiac as the twelve signs. In the same way, Judeo-Christian beliefs revere the number 12. Jesus, in the New Testament, chose 12 disciples to travel with him. No more, no less. That decision has been said to be deliberate as a reference to the 12 tribes of Israel. Beyond that, the number 12 is mentioned within the prophetic book of Revelation, further adding to the belief that 12 is an important number there are mentions of twelve gates, as well as twelve angels. But it is here, within the history of Christianity, that we find one of the first reasons for the superstition of thirteen being more than simply after twelve. Because thirteen is directly associated with the death of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus and his disciples shared a last supper shortly before the man himself was arrested. Together, Jesus and his followers make thirteen. And the last person to arrive at the Last Supper, the one who brought the total of the dinner party to that unluckiest of numbers, was Judas Iscariot. Judas would betray Jesus to the Romans, leading to the Son of God being crucified upon the cross. That story led to the belief that 13 dinner guests is an ill omen, often of deadly consequences. And Christians were not the only ones to think so. Norse mythology includes a similar story to that of the Last Supper. The story goes that 12 deities dined in Valhalla. During the meal, Loki, Norse god of mischief and disorder, joins the proceedings and raises the number to 13. Loki begins insulting those present, possibly out of jealousy for being left out to begin with. By the end of the dinner, one of the deities winds up dead. The belief has become so prevalent throughout the intervening years that a saying has sprung up, warning that if thirteen dine together, one will die within the year. Popular book and film franchise Harry Potter used this as a foreshadowing technique no less than three times. A prophecy from the character Professor Trelawney changes the saying ever so slightly so that it reads, when thirteen dine, the first to rise shall be the first to die. Whatever the reasons, from the dinner stories of Christianity and Norse mythology, to math, to a clerical error in translation of the Code of Hammurabi removing the 13th law, the superstition grew and grew. Today, Friday the 13th, as well as any mention of 13, is as feared as black cats, broken mirrors, and spilt salt. 
A few individuals have attempted to prove, scientifically, if there really is something nefarious involved in the number. In 1993, a study found its way into the British Medical Journal. The scientists behind the study looked at traffic accidents that occurred on the M25 highway on Friday the 13th and Friday the 6th between 1990 and 1992. Interestingly, they found that accidents on the 13th seemed to be 52% more likely, despite a significant decrease in traffic observed. However, that study was also done for a Christmas issue of the magazine, and it was never meant to be taken seriously. The article itself has been described as being written with tongue firmly in cheek. Further studies on accidents occurring on Friday the 13th also appear to disprove the earlier data. Studies such as these are doomed to fail. For one, Igor Radin, who works for the Human Factors and Safety Behavior Group at the University of Helsinki's Institute of Behavioral Sciences in Finland, claims that no data exists and will never exist to confirm that the number 13 is an unlucky number. The biggest reason for this is that the simple fact of a superstition existing on such a level means that normal behavior is changed on days involving 13. The aforementioned decrease in traffic on Friday the 13th is a prime example. People will refuse to leave the house or do business on that presumably unlucky day, or they will behave in a slightly more erratic way. This leads to the very results people fear will happen. In some ways, the curse of 13 is a self-fulfilling prophecy. But there have always been those who seek to disprove the superstition. Sometimes, they form into groups. I'd like to discuss these people who brave the unlucky symbols of this world after a short break. This episode of Haunting Historia was written and produced by me, Aidan Main, with music by John Bjork. I love history and all the fascinating stories that can be found when digging around in the past. It's incredible the way things that happened thousands of years ago can be responsible for the way lives are lived today. This podcast exists to tell those stories, with a focus on ones that might not be all too familiar. If you have a piece of history you think needs to be heard, or if you would like to be interviewed for an episode, reach out to me via stories at hauntinghistoria.com or through the contact form on hauntinghistoria.com. hosted the first of what was to become one of the most eclectic and daring gatherings in history. These men had all agreed to start a little group dedicated to the debunking of certain myths and superstitions. And in the great tradition of groups such as this, they decided that the best way to disprove these beliefs was to charge at them head-on, challenging God or destiny 
or fate itself to strike them down. They called themselves the Thirteen Club, and every gathering they had was a test of all the supposedly cursed and unlucky myths. They held dinners for the members, where they sat thirteen to a table, with thirteen place settings. The tables were decorated with black cats, and the knives were placed so that they crossed, a very bad omen. To get to these dinners, members had to make their way to room 13 of Manhattan's Knickerbocker Cottage, following an undertaker under ladders to do so. Club rules required members to spill salt before dining on foods presented in morbid shapes, such as coffins. Gatherings held on the 13th of the month included activities such as breaking mirrors, turning horseshoes upside down, and any other unlucky superstition the club could think of. The club's founder, Captain William Fowler, lived his life literally laughing in the face of superstition, going out of his way to plan significant activities around the number 13. His enthusiasm must have been infectious, as the club boasted several members, none of whom died or even fell under serious illness, according to the club's secretary. Members went so far as to include five presidents, Chester A. Arthur, Grover Cleveland, Benjamin Harrison, William McKinley, and Theodore Roosevelt. If you enjoyed this episode of Haunting Historia, then I invite you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. History is an ever-expanding landscape as we learn more about it, and it is my wish to share these exciting bits of history with all those who, like me, enjoy the nooks and crannies of the past. Join me each week so that you don't miss out on a single moment of this shared journey. History is not a burden on the memory but an illumination of the soul. John Dahlberg Acton. <laughs>